Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Fish by Fast Fish Prep. Coach Don and I are working remote again this week. Got a really good show lined up, though, for you for episode number 228. In our warm-up segment, we've got our City of the Week, Player of the Week, Equipment Tip of the Week, Have a Fun Did You Know, a really interesting listener question, and Paige's Power Play. In our lead-off topic, we're going to talk about um, an interesting situation that I'm helping a player with now, but basically the discussion will be our team, or our league, or our area needs catchers. In our cleanup topic, we're going to talk about competition and why people are running away from it, and some thoughts that Coach Don and I have about what's been gained and what's been lost. And then in our coaching tip of the week, we're going to talk about what I call the pressure cooker style of coaching, where coaches are just landed on the line and telling players exactly what it takes to get in the lineup um, and the impact that that has, especially at certain ages. So before we get into those topics, Let's talk about our sponsors first, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you're interested in supporting what we're doing with everything fast pitch and coach prep, we really need you to check out patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. We want to say thank you very much. We have two brand new patrons this week. First, Bruce Gundrum and Blake Cruz. So thank you both very much for coming on board. Uh, we've been laying it on the line here, folks, for the last month or so, and it has uh, generated some support. We've had seven new people come on board as patrons. Uh, the reality of the uh, world that we're in right now and the podcast business uh, we definitely need to continue to get more people to come on board as patrons. We're very uh, lucky and very appreciative of the patrons that have been supporting us. And we do appreciate you greatly, but the reality of it is, is we're coming up in the red every month, and so we need to get some more people to come on board. So if you see benefit in what we're doing, if you see value in what we're doing, and you want us to be able to keep doing it, we're going to ask that you go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch become a patron. We definitely need additional people to, to get on board. So we said last week, we're not too far away from Coach Don and Stan and I having to sit down and crunch the numbers and decide if it's something that we can even continue to keep doing. So if you like it, you want us to be able to keep doing it, the support is crucial. So that's going to take us to our warm-up segment this week. First, our city of the week is San Francisco, California. That's awesome. And uh, again, it's exciting when we can uh, you know, have listeners that far away from us here, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I've had the good fortune of going to San Francisco several times as part of softball trips a couple of times, and then just the vacation trips a couple of times, too. It's a great place, great city, um, a great area with tons of stuff and tons of great softball. You know, one of the things that I think happens sometimes is people think of Southern California um, as being the hotbed of all things uh, travel ball and all things fast pitch. 
But the reality is the entire state of California is really strong in that San Francisco area has got a bunch of great travel teams and some uh, really strong college programs, too. And so uh, we're excited to see the numbers going up, as we always ask our listeners to get somebody you know who's not listening currently, somebody who is a fan of fast pitch, a coach, a player, a teammate, uh, somebody that you know loves this game the way you do and get them to give us a listen. If they listen once, I'm confident that they'll come back. And we definitely want to see the numbers continue to grow. So thank you very much, San Francisco. You're the city of the week. Our player of the week this week, Don, is Daisy Glessner. Daisy plays for a team called the Pennsylvania Lunachicks. It's a 14 and under team. And Daisy's just one of those kids. She helps coach a younger team. She helps with doing some stuff with practices with her team, takes care of her sisters and brothers. She's a great student, great teammate. And she also had the uh, uh, fun of hitting her first ever home run, which really helped cool. her team in a dramatic win in a, in a big situation uh, a little bit earlier this year. And obviously, when we talk about our Player of the Week nominations, we're hopeful that players like Daisy get uh, uh, get mentioned. Certainly, it's nice when somebody can talk about you know, just the on-field accomplishments, but being a great all-around person, great all-around student, somebody that's doing a lot of great stuff and really being a positive influence. We want to recognize those players as much as we possibly can. So congratulations, Daisy Glessner. You're the Fast Pitch Prep Player of the Week. Tori, it sounds like Daisy's got it together and working hard. I love it. Yeah, no, she's definitely a go-getter. It's uh, the kind of player we want to we definitely want to recognize. So speaking of recognizing players, if you have a player you would like to nominate, reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com, either one of those email addresses. Send us some information, some particulars about the player why you think they should be recognized, and we'll add them to the uh, hopper of players that Coach Don and I are going to discuss and try to make sure that we recognize as many players as we possibly can that deserve deserve the recognition. So, Don, that's going to take us to the equipment tip of the week. Uh, let's talk about the Square Cuts training disc. No, as always, Tori, the, the discs have been a, a big interest here at the cage for us, and each week we've got some new students that come through, and often they grab a set. And it's just something I think everybody needs to have. And I know once you get them, you'll find other ways to use them. And it'll be a good uh, multi-use tool that everyone has. So we got to get some, get them out there. Well, one of the things that uh, um, I've noticed with the players that uh, have, have gotten them for me, the kids that I give uh, lessons to that uh, use them in, in lessons, they can't wait to get a set to take home because they love the feedback. They like the information that they're gaining, and it's just it's a really good tool. It's something that I think every player should have for doing their individual work, but I think every team should have a set so that they can add some variety to their training and also get feedback that their players are going to need. If the kids are not uh, necessarily working with somebody on their training, the thing that's so great about the, the Square Cuts disc is it's almost like a coach within just the equipment itself. It for sure. basically tells you, everything you need to know about how you're hitting the hitting the ball every time you hit it. And so um, it's a no-brainer to me. They are $49.95 a dozen. To order your set, you go to the fastpitchprep.com website, click on the order button, and we'll get them sent out to you right away. We've got them here in stock and ready to go, and we want to get them to you as fast as we can. So fastpitchprep.com website to order your square cuts training disc. So, Don, did you know Joe Evans, recently quote-unquote retired from Texas A&M, yep. is going to be the new head coach at UC Santa Barbara. Oh, great. That'll be exciting. Yeah, I was super excited to see this. I, I've been a fan and a friend and uh, admirer of Joe Evans 
for as long as I've been in coaching, she's been one of those people that runs a great program, has tremendous success, has had tremendous success on the field, and sure with other coaches. She's one of those people that, you know, and fast pitch in general does a good job of sharing knowledge and sharing information. You know, you don't see a whole lot of people thinking that they're the uh, keeper of all secrets. But uh, Joe's just one of those coaches that uh, will do anything she can to help her team, help her players, um, help the game. And uh, to see her getting back into coaching is really exciting. And when she retired, quote unquote, from Texas A&M, nobody really thought it was that she was all done coaching. I know I certainly didn't think she was all done coaching. And it's just very exciting to see her having the opportunity uh, to get back in the game so quickly. And the people at UC Santa Barbara have shown a lot of well thought out and a great plan for what they want to do with their softball program. And for those players in that community, they're getting one of the best coaches that this game has ever seen. So did you know Joe Evans is the head coach at UC Santa Barbara? So Don, our listener question this week comes to us from Robin. And Robin's email basically says, my daughter is a singles hitter, according to her coach. And even though she leads the team in batting average, he often pulls her for power hitters late in games when they want to drive in runs. The reason it's so frustrating is that several of these power hitters are the absolutely all or nothing kinds of kids. They might hit a home run, but they might strike out 10 times in a row before they do that. And it's very frustrating to her daughter when she knows that she's one of the team's most consistent hitters to keep getting yanked out because she's not as a quote unquote power hitter. That's kind of a a little bit of a tricky one, Tori, because again, as a coach, we kind of feel like, you know, we have a plan and, you know, we know when we make substitution or changes that it's for the best of the team, but I can totally understand being frustrated as, you know, one of the kids that is going to get a hit because you can cut it or slice it however you want. A hit is a hit, whether it's a, you know, a single through the infield or whether it's a double in the gap, you know, we might score more runs if we've got bases loaded or, you know, a couple in scoring position, but I think that uh, that could be really frustrating and sending a strange message if we got pulled out all the time. If it, I mean, if it was at the end of a game, we're down a run and we've got a couple in scoring position we need to get. To. Again, I think that's a tough situation. You know, a single's a single. Yeah. Well, I think every every coach has got a different game plan and different thought in mind. And some coaches, I certainly fell into that group, fall in love with the idea of changing the scoreboard with one swing of the bat. But in this situation, uh, because it sounds like the hitters who are coming off the bench that might be the home run threat are also fairly inconsistent, that it's a very much it's a all or nothing boom or bust kind of approach as from a coaching perspective to put all your eggs in that basket, hoping that they is the one time in 10 that this pinch hitter come through. comes through. Now, when they, yeah, when they do come through, you look like a genius. Right. And when they do come through, obviously it makes a big impact on the team. But the whole I'm just a singles hitter thing, you know, sending that message to a player, I think, is a really bad idea to begin with. Don, you hit the nail on the head. A hit is a hit. And if you're getting on base all the time, you're doing something that's really helping your team and contributing and, and making your team probably more successful. So to downplay that or diminish it because it's you know not quite as Let's pinch it for the next person. Yeah. Right. You know, not knowing all the situations, you know, there might be some of, you know, some of the situations where this uh, player was, was pinch hit for that I might've thought it was the right idea and done the exact same thing. Uh, there's other times that you might look at it and say, 
well, we still need to get three more people on base before a home run makes any difference. Why pinch hit now when even if the girl, you know, if we're down by three and there's a runner at first, having a home run pinch hitter hit a two run home run and we're still behind right. is not very sound strategy. You know, in that situation, the idea of leaving your quote unquote singles hitter in to get on base so that that you know, pinch hitter, as you mentioned, might come in and have a chance to hit a three-run home run that changes the game. Now we're talking. To me, then there's a little bit more logic to it. So, and again, the not knowing all the situations, I don't want to blast the coach and say, you know, coach, you're crazy because I know I've played hunches, yeah, taken chances. You know, I've I've tried things that you know sometimes it makes you look like a genius, sometimes it makes you look like an idiot, sometimes it makes you look like both. You know, and so you just have to understand that whenever you're trying something like that, you know, pinch hitting, pinch running, making a pitching change, changing the lineup, you know, all those things that coaches do all the time, it's all a outcome evaluation. If it worked, then the coach is a good coach. If it didn't work, then the coach did something dumb. And so, you know, I'm not going to blast the coach, but I also would say I understand the frustration and I would hope that more coaches are just really thinking through the changes that they're making and the switches that they're making have a, I guess, a logical reasoning behind it, not just a hunch or not just a predisposition because I like home runs, so I'm going to put in the power hitter every time, even though it might not necessarily be the right strategy for that situation. Tori, I'm going to say keep hitting those singles, keep getting on base and make it tough to, to have anybody take you out of the lineup and you're you're doing your part and doing a good job and um, and then try and support your coach's decisions, whatever they are, and communicate and talk about it. But, uh, yeah, that's a good question. And not knowing the age, because that was one of the things that uh, Robin didn't mention in, in her email. If we're talking about, you know, a 12 and under team, this girl who is classified as a singles hitter or a contact hitter now, in a year or two, she might be hitting some bombs, too. And so the fact that she's you know making good enough contact to get on base that often, you know, I think the future is really bright. Yeah, just just keep doing what you're doing, keep keep grinding away at it, yep. and and, and uh, it will all work itself out the way it's supposed to in the long run. No doubt. All right, Don, so that's going to take us to this week's edition of Paige's Power Play. Hey, it's Paige here, and today I want to talk a little bit about if your daughter cannot stop thinking about the last mistake she made, and does she, like, fixate on that last mistake? Does she... She just can't shake it. She's dwelling on it for hours and hours or even after the whole weekend is over. I know it's probably so frustrating for you to watch her do this. Mistakes are so hard to get over because nobody wants to make a mistake. But the truth is that none of us want to hear is that mistakes are going to happen and she's going to have to learn how to get past them so that she can play to her full potential so that she can be successful and have the results that she wants. You want for her too. But easier said than done, right? Here's a quick and easy question that will get her thinking about shifting her focus away from the mistake. Here's the question. What has fixating and nonstop thinking about the last mistake you made done for you in the past? Getting her to think, how has this resulted in the past? Getting her to think through that process and be like, hmm, usually it doesn't end up well, right? So why should I keep on thinking about it? There are also a few other different ways for your daughter to work on acknowledging her mistakes, learning from them and moving through them, not just getting over it because then she didn't learn anything. And trust me, as an athlete myself, I was not just going to get over it. Like nothing happened. So a few of those different ways that 
your daughter can work on getting past those mistakes is a mistake reflection, self-talk, visualizing her next play or success, deep breaths. All of these things are things that I teach in the Confident Athlete. And did you know that the Confident Athlete program will be opening up for enrollment next month? Finally. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing is a mistake ritual. And the mistake ritual is something that we are working on mindset lessons this week. This is a tool that I learned from Positive Coaching Alliance, an amazing organization that I'm a, a certified trainer in. And it's a physical action that allows us to slow down and move past our mistakes. Tons of professionals, collegiate and Olympic athletes are using a mistake ritual to help them move past their mistakes and specifically to slow, slow things down and gather our thoughts and move forward. I'll be sharing a few of these examples in the lesson this week, and then your athlete will actually create her own mistake ritual to use in that lesson. So don't wait another second, sign her up for this week's mindset lesson so that she can start getting through the mistakes and finding more success and feeling more confident. I can't wait to see her there. Reminder, I mentioned a lot of other tools that will help her get past mistakes that I teach in the confident athlete program. And that opens up for enrollment in a month. So make sure to join my wait list to get first dibs. That's at my website at pagetons.com. So you can find the lessons at pagetons.com or you can join the wait list at pagetons.com. So have an amazing day and I will talk to you next week. I love listening to Paige. She does a great job. We're very, very fortunate to have her as, as part of the everything fast pitch family. For all of our listeners, we want you to, to continue to encourage you to check out her website, check out her programs. The stuff that she's doing will make your daughter a better player, going to make her a happier player, going to make your car rides and your uh, time together a whole lot more enjoyable and a lot more fun. So take advantage of it. Go to pagetons.com. It's T-O-N-Z. Um, she's got tons of free stuff on her website, too. But we really want to encourage the people that... Uh, are serious about this game to, to look at her programs and start to sign up for some of the uh, mental training stuff that she's doing, the uh, confidence building stuff, because I think it's really valuable and really cool. So Don, that's going to take us to our lead off topic. Our lead off topic is sponsored by elite sporting goods. Elite sporting goods is located at 905 Grayson highway in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Phone number there is 678-377-0270. If you can also contact them at elite sports orders, at yahoo.com. Anything you need, bats, balls, gloves, equipment, anything you need, reach out to the folks at Elite. Um, They're happy to ship anywhere in the country and they can hook you up. So Don, saw an interesting thing happen this week. One of the kids that I work with came in for her hitting lesson, didn't have her bat, didn't have her any of her equipment with her. And and every once in a while, something happens. You know, the kids forget their stuff at practice or forget it at the house. It's in the other car. Yep. Yeah, the, the rack of equipment and stuff. And she came over to the cage and said, Coach, I need to talk to you about something. And I figured she's like, I'm so dumb. I forgot my bat. Do you have one I can borrow? But it was, I'm really kind of stuck. My high school coach asked me to become a catcher. We need a catcher. We don't have one on the team. The girl who um, was supposed to be their varsity catcher is injured and isn't going to be able to play this fall season. Of course, for our uh, make sure everybody knows our listeners, uh, our Georgia kids are playing their high school season now. So, you know, they just started playing games and uh, they're getting into it full tilt. And so four days before her first game, she's got to learn how to be a catcher because she's the best candidate on their roster 
or at least the coach believes she's the best candidate on their roster to fill that need. You know, congratulations to this player because it shows a lot, you know, that her coach really thinks a lot of her to ask her to take on the challenge of playing such a valuable position. But also made me think about something that I keep seeing more and more. We definitely don't have enough pitchers, but we also don't have enough kids that want to catch anymore either. No, I think that's very true, Tori. And just like you said, it's kind of a, a compliment when, you know, every pitch that's thrown, you're going to have to be involved in receiving it, blocking, framing, kind of running the the defense, you know, from home plate there. And I think it's a huge compliment, but her excitement might be to play shortstop or be a great outfielder. So I, I know it can be tough, but currently right now, this group, this team needs her behind the plate. So if she's able and comfortable doing it, it might be a fun experience too. Yeah. Well, I don't know how comfortable she is yet. <laughs> um, Cause we had to spend the first 10 minutes, you know, learning how to put the equipment on and making sure that the chest protector fits right and that the, the buckles go on the outside of the shin guards and things like that just to help her i mean that's how new to her catching is we got to work on a bunch of stuff and we had a, a really good session but it was clear that she was going to be going into a learning on the fly yeah uh, making mistakes and having to learn from them situations because there's only so much you can pick up quickly um, there's only so much you can pick up in a couple of lessons and you know the other you know challenge is Obviously, some of the skills that she needs to learn have some risk involved. If you're blocking balls, there's a chance you could get hurt. If you're, you know, you know, making, you know, some of these plays uh, behind the plate, there's a chance that you could get hurt. And the reason she's the emergency catcher is because somebody else got hurt. Right. So it, it's really a catch twenty-two. But so here's what I want us to talk about: because whether it's our team, our league, our area, whatever it is, I think we need more kids to catch. We need more kids that want to see catching as a great opportunity and i think there's some things that we wanted to talk about just to kind of get the ball rolling number one one of the biggest things i would tell all young players so if i'm running a young you know a rec league or a league with younger players or working on it with a team with younger players is if anybody does have aspirations of playing college softball there's two positions that are specific to the position that college coaches love recruiting they love recruiting pitchers because obviously we need pitchers and that's a very specific skill set. And we love to recruit catchers. Now catching doesn't mean that they can only catch, but being a really good catcher is something that requires some different kinds of skills and toughness and training and a lot of different things. And so motivate some younger players. If that's something that, you know, the aspiration of playing at the higher levels is something that they're really thinking about, you know, to me, it makes sense to talk to those players about the idea of, catching as a skill, catching as a position, because it's going to open doors for them from a college perspective. And it's also, to my way of thinking, I think one of the most fun positions to play because, Don, you hit the nail on the head. You're handling the ball. Well, you're, hopefully you're handling the ball on almost every pitch. Hopefully they're not all getting hit. Hopefully they're not all getting hit before you get to catch them. So, but so I think the idea is we, we need to start to motivate players to inspire them to want to be catchers at earlier ages so that we don't end up in this kind of a situation where all of a sudden it's the high school season. Um, it's the you know championship game of the travel ball tournament. And because of injuries or whatever, we don't have a, enough catchers to, to be able to feel confident uh, in our ability to play. Tori, I really like how you, uh, how you said it or stated the importance of talking to the young players about the value of that position, because it just seems like a, a rough, dirty 
thing to have to do put on that gear and get behind the plate but if they realize that it's something that uh, can be very beneficial both to the team and them down the road i think that's a great message yeah and i think it's just it's a fun position because you get to be so involved you could be the greatest outfielder in the history of this game but if you're on a team that's got a dominant pitcher that strikes out an awful lot of hitters doesn't matter how great you are you hardly ever get to play but if you're on that same team and you're the catcher you're getting to do a lot of fun stuff because of the position that you play. And, and you obviously you know, there's lots of things about catching, you know, you spent your whole life as a catcher. So, you know, that there's lessons to be learned, you know, toughness and grit and determination and all those kinds of things that we, we talk about all the time. But I think that it's important for us to start pushing and, and encouraging more young players to, to consider that position and to show them how much fun they can have playing it and all that kind of stuff. Now, the thing I did think was funny with my player situation is her being selected is how do we evaluate somebody who would be a good candidate for catching? And unfortunately, I think one of the reasons why there's a stigma uh, about catching is quite often when players are young and they start assigning positions, <laughs> kids get thrown at catcher, get thrown behind the plate that aren't necessarily the most athletic kids. You know, maybe they're a little bit stockier, maybe they're you know, a little bit slower, whatever it might be. And so I think a lot of times people kind of think of it as, you know, catcher is a, a non-athletic position and, and we definitely know better. No, I know for, for me, Tori, it makes me laugh because for me it was, you know, my father coached team way back in Little League and, you know, he asked the whole group, who wants to be catcher? <laughs> and everybody kind of just looked at him, he turned at me and he said, put it on. So that's how I became the catcher. So. And you see that a lot now, I think, when, when players are enthusiastic about playing the catching position because they had a sister that did it, a mom that did it, a dad that did it. And so they have, you know, they've been hearing stories their whole life about what a great position it is. So they don't see it as a negative. They see it as a positive. But I think we just need to do a better job of sending that message. And so now if, if we um, are looking to pick somebody and say, hey, you know, uh, we want you to be a catcher, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that we would see in a great catcher, you know, now more and more uh, at the highest levels, catchers are great athletes. They're big, strong kids. They can still run. They've got strong arms, but definitely having a strong enough arm to feel like you can throw the ball to bases and have a chance to throw out uh, base stealers is probably a good place to start. You know, it gets very frustrating when you're behind the plate and you have no chance to ever make that play and people are stealing bases like it's uh, like it's open season you know, I think having a little bit of toughness, you know, being able to get down in the dirt and block some balls and stuff like that. I think those are things that we should be looking for. But all in all, the thing I would really like to find is that passionate, enthusiastic, I love playing softball kind of kid. Because if we can get that kid in, inspired to become a catcher, I think we got a really good thing going on. Yeah, no doubt, for sure. And I was going to You've talked about this a number of times as well, Tori. When you're sitting back behind the plate, you get to see a lot of pitching. And when you see a lot of pitching, that can help you as a hitter as well. You're seeing uh, body language right. and pitch recognition from ball to strike and location and stuff like that. You get to see it on a regular basis when you're working back there. And that can just make you a better other position player if it's a temporary thing. And it might be something good for everybody to be an apprentice catcher, right? We've talked about this, you know, I've told this story dozens and dozens of times. The very best team I ever had had five kids in the starting lineup who all thought they, thought they were catchers when I recruited them. And because they had spent so much of their career catching, they were all really good hitters. 
They all had really good awareness of the game. They all understood how to play the game well, and they all wanted to win badly enough because they were so used to you know being back there fighting for every single out and every single win that it made for a really strong team. And so I think there's a lot of things about that position uh, that just really makes sense, and hopefully we can encourage more players to do it. So coaches, uh, league directors, parents, moms and dads, if, you're, if your young daughter is just getting started in this game and you want her to open as many doors as possible, the you know, quote-unquote toughest position probably opens the second most number of doors that can possibly be opened. If she's a strong catcher, teams are going to want her, coaches are going to want her, all those different kinds of things. If she's just another outfielder, uh, maybe not so much. So we need more catchers, folks. We've got to do a better job of encouraging these young players to do it. So, Don, that's going to take us to our cleanup topic. And our cleanup topic is sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to be sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. It's a nutritious snack that every athlete should have in their bag of tricks. It will allow you to get a great snack, something that's healthy and nutritious, all natural, and goes a long way towards making a ball player a better one. And Tori, our listeners can get their Pinnacle Power Butter at PinnaclePowerButter.com, and they can place their order there. Again, that's PinnaclePowerButter.com. If they use their promo code of EFP10, they can also get a 10% discount. And we're really excited that they're on board with us. Products are great. We've used them and tried them at home. The whole family loves it. We're always excited to ask, uh, ask our listeners to support our sponsors. Pinnacle is a great product. You know, Coach Don and I both love it. Um, we would certainly encourage you to, uh, to get your order in. Um, and if you use that EFP10 discount, you're going to save a little bit extra money on your Pinnacle products. It's a, it's a great snack, something that I look forward to. Unfortunately, I think I probably eat a little bit too much of it, but that's okay. I guess that means it's pretty good stuff. I was going to say, Tori, a lot of times with our students here, uh, you know, mom and dad feel like maybe they don't get enough protein comfortably, and it's just a nice way to supplement that protein part of our uh, nutrition. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's, good. it's really good stuff. We're excited to have the folks from Pinnacle working with us on the, on the podcast. So, Don, cleanup topic this week is simple. We've talked about this kind of off and on, you know, dozens of times, but uh, this last couple of weeks, it's really been kind of a, a bone of contention for me. It's something that's really been aggravating me. You know, the whole idea of competition and, you know, competing in the game of fast pitch softball and accepting competition as a reality. And one of the things that I'm very frustrated by, because I keep seeing this over and over again with players that I work with, um, hearing you know uh, stories about the teams that they're on, and you know we we think of athletics as a chance for us and for our kids to learn how to compete, how to be you know, able to you know survive in the real world, to be successful in the real world. And unfortunately, in the world of travel ball now, it's like competitions become almost like a like a dirty word. You know, like we run away from it. We have, uh, as we've talked about many many times, too many players that are looking for guarantees or looking for the promise of knowing for sure that if I join your team, I'm going to be the shortstop. I'm going to get to play shortstop 80% of the time, no matter what. And, you know, we keep seeing, um, you know, problems that we've talked about a lot this last month of rosters that are too small because players need to be guaranteed playing time um, or they won't join teams. And so coaches feel like it's the, the ultimate catch 22 they know they need more players to have a really good team, 
but they also know to get some really good players are going to have to promise them that they're going to play all the time. And I can't promise you you're going to play all the time if I have more than one or two players for every position. And so the whole thing is just this, you know, in my mind, really unfortunate circle that just keeps spinning around and spinning around where a lot of what we're supposed to be doing sports for, we're just not doing it for, for that anymore. And I'm, I'm really confused. I'm really frustrated. And I want us to talk about it because I'm hoping that some of our listeners um, and some of the people that are, are supporting everything fast pitch and coach prep are going to start to see this thing a little bit differently. Tori, I go over this at least a couple times a week with, with coaches. I'm like, well, how many have you got on your roster? You guys have an open tryouts. How many are you going to take? You know, all these things. And everybody's like, well, you know, we've got 10 and we're going to add one, you know, maybe two, but probably just one more. And, and I just keep shaking my head and go through the long list of things that are going to go wrong and how this just isn't going to make your team the best. And, you know, how it isn't going to create a competitive setting for, for kids to work harder. So you're not really doing your kids justice because they're not in an environment that's going to inspire them to work harder and to be the best shortstop to play on Saturday. And then when we play in the big game, they're going to be worn out because they didn't get a break because we didn't have anybody to give them a break. And as a parent right now, I feel like I want my kids to succeed all the time. But in order for them to truly succeed, they have to fail a little bit every now and then. And it just breaks my heart to see them fail at anything. But, you know, so I try and protect them as well. But I think the the real thing for me as a parent is to allow them and let them experience some type of failure in whether it's a sport, whether it's in school, whether, you know, whatever it might be and dealing with people that if they fail a little bit, then they're going to learn and they're going to be better for it. So it's tough and I get it, but we can't protect them quite that much. What you just said made me think of my favorite movie quote ever, which is from a league of their own when Dottie wants to quit because it just got too hard. And Jimmy Dugan says, it's supposed to be hard. It's the hard that makes it great. The thing that I think so many of our fast pitch people are missing out on is that they're not willing to accept the hard. You know, the hard is sometimes you have to sit on the bench. The hard is sometimes you lose your starting position. The hard is, you know, sometimes you work really hard, but somebody who's a little bit better than you comes along and they beat you out for something that you really want. But it's the hard that makes it great. It's the hard that makes it something that we look back on. You know, and, and I don't know about anybody else, but you know, the things that I'm most proud of in my life, and I think in a lot of people's lives, are things that you really had to bust your butt to get. You know, you had to work super hard. You had to fight, scratch, claw, do whatever it took. You know, you had to keep grinding, keep digging, keep working, no matter what, no matter whether you wanted to or not. Because if you didn't do those things, you weren't going to get the results that you were looking for. And to me, that's the thing that I want us to, to change the way people are looking at it. And, you know, and we've talked about this in several different contexts. You know, the um, getting my money's worth discussion that we've had that I think is where a lot of this problem really comes from. We don't, it's not even that we don't want our kids to compete. is we don't want to feel like we're wasting our money. Right think that it's the, the, the competition aspect of it is less a factor for the parents that are helping their kids choose teams as it is the, you know, well, if it's going to cost me $2,000 for you to play on this team, you better get $2,000 worth of playing time out of it. Right. And that to me is, you know, it, it's part of the same competition, you know, same competition discussion. But to me, it's, it's unfortunate because I think that uh, we're cheating our players of a lot of things that are going to really pay off in the long run. 
and the memories that they're going to really value if if you're on a team and you get to play 85% of the time just because you're on the team and you didn't do anything to earn it, you didn't do anything to prove that you deserve to be playing. All you did was mom and dad wrote a check or mom and dad put a Venmo into the team account and that's what earns you your playing time. I just don't see where a player gets any satisfaction from that. Now it's easy but I think, unfortunately, that's the whole problem is we're making all this stuff way too easy for kids to get a payoff. And I think a lot of the reasons why we're doing that is because it's, you know, mom and dad concern about, you know, getting their money's worth, feeling like, the you know, they're getting that return on their investment. And so to me, I think we need to change it. You know, this whole guaranteed playing time, promises of starting positions, 10 and 11 player rosters when we're going to be playing in tournaments where we could play 12 or 15 games in a, in a national championship week. To me, it's just crazy, and it, it just comes back to I think we're missing out on the most important thing is we want our kids to learn some of these hard lessons in life so when life gets hard, they kind of have some tools for it. When something bad happens, you lose a job or, or God forbid, somebody passes away or you, know, you, you, you know, lose out on a promotion or whatever it is, you know, that you know, some of the stuff that you've experienced through your athletic career has you armed with the knowledge, hey, I can handle that, I can overcome that. And unfortunately, I think all a lot of the players today are expecting is, well, if something goes wrong, somebody else will fix it for me. No, I think, I think you said a lot of amazing things right in there, Tori, because when we grew up and like you said, if mom and dad, if your playing time's just because mom and dad paid the fees, then that's one thing. But if we cut lawns for an entire summer so that we could get the bicycle that we've been, you know, wanting and, and excited about forever, when I get the bicycle, I take amazing care of it and it means a lot to me rather than I just go to the store and I get it because mom and dad gave it to me. That's the same kind of thing. And and when you look back and you remember it, it's going to be because you worked so hard that you got this thing. You know, we were, you were a part of this team that did very well or, you know, had created tons of good memories. And I think that, uh, you know, that, that, that value is not going to be there if it's all just handed to us all the time. And again, still, we want to protect them and the other thing that I thought that you said is, what, what are we going to do when we fail? How are, how are we going to react? Are we just going to move on to the next thing or just forget about it? Or are we going to work at it to make my next attempt better? And we gotta, we've got to teach them how to bounce back and how to get back up and how to go again, you know, rather than just fix it for them. Yeah, and, and obviously your, your kids are much younger, so you're a little bit more in the awareness of the disappointment and the heartbreak and all that kind of stuff you know, because they're you know they're at that age where it feels so impactful when something doesn't go well oh i know right but we know that you know that they're going to survive and they're going to be stronger for it we just have to let them experience it along the way and i think that's something we want to make sure that we're not losing sight of when we're thinking about this game um and and all athletics perspective because the same stuff that's going on in travel ball softball goes on in AAU basketball and high school football and sure. and everything else and you know it's just it's a it's a tough situation i think we're missing the boat and we want to just keep having this conversation periodically to remind people be the parent that can suck it up and help your kid face the adversity and work through it instead of always trying to be that uh, safety net that's going to you know catch them every time they fall and and keep them from ever getting a, you know, a, a scraped knee or whatever you know the old you know, all those old adages of, you know, how did we learn so many valuable lessons is, you know, my dad had a fa- famous saying, I can remember when I was very little, stupid should cost you something. <laughs> and not working hard should cost you something. 
and you know not being you know dedicated or serious about something that's important to you should cost you something and if that cost is you know I don't get to play this weekend or I've got to sit the bench for a game or I get barked at by my coach I like it when I was a kid, Don, and I'm sure I know it was the same for you, and I think for a lot of the parents that are listening to this that just are doing something different with their own kids, if I would have gone home and said, you know, I'm mad at my coach because he dropped me down in the batting order today, my parents and, and then my grandfather, who ultimately was the driving force when I was in high school, would have said something along the lines of, just shut up and work harder. You know more than your coach. Right. If your coach dropped you down in the order, it's because you're not doing your job. You need to work harder and do your job. That's the response I would have gotten, and I've gotten you know dozens of times. And of course, back then, you know, my my option was I could work harder or I could stew in silence because nobody was going to pat me on the back and say, "Oh, it's okay, Tori, it's going to be okay." So, you know, I think we just got to keep reminding our, our ourselves as the adults in the room that it's okay for our kids to struggle a little bit. They're going to be stronger for it. And if we think on our own lives and ponder back on where we're at. Um, we're going to realize that uh, we struggle a lot too. We just figured out, you know, that it wasn't going to kill us either. So, Tori, I'd, I'd love to hear from uh, you know some of the listeners what kind of comments they have. Are we are we the crazy ones that uh, you know aren't thinking straight, or are we kind of getting off on a tangent on something that uh, that they think is just fine as it is? Or I'd be interested to see. Now, I think that would be great to hear. From from some listeners to see kind of what they're thinking. If you have thoughts on this topic, again, make sure you reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Either email address will work. And we always love to hear from our listeners because it helps us stay on target to talk about stuff that people are definitely really interested in. And that's very valuable for us too. So Don, that's going to take us to this week's coaching tip of the week. Here's something that I'm observing a lot. Again, this is one of those do as I say, not as I did kind of moments because I was the ultimate pressure cooker coach. I was the one that pressure makes diamonds and all that kind of stuff. And so I was, you know, constantly, you know, putting pressure on players. But the thought that I had this week is that I think that there's a time and a place where coaches need to be realistic about what the return on that type of coaching style is going to have. And so I'm, I'm working with two young players. You know, one's on a 10 and under team, one's on a 12 and under team. One is the player that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that in the batting cage and in lessons is an All-American. She's as good a hitter for a player her age as I've, I bet you I've ever seen and probably ever will see. But on game day, she just freezes up a little bit. She gets so tense that she just can't perform to the same expectations. And basically what is happening, and I've, you know, I've had to do some detective work to figure this out, is it's a constant refrain from their coaches. The nine best hitters hit, the nine best players play, the nine best hitters um, are going to be in the starting lineup. If you don't get hits, you're not going to play. Because of that pressure that's being put on, and again, it's it's an honest statement. It's you know a coach you know laying it on the line. It's reality. But flip side of it is that I think that reality works a whole lot better with players that are a little bit older and can process it a little bit more right? and understand it a little bit more. Because the younger player the girl that I, I'm dealing with now that's just you know really struggling, if she goes up to the plate in her first at bat, she could hit an absolute rocket. You know, I mean, a smoke is in the air, a missile that has no chance of, of being seen as anything but a great swing and a really hard hit ball and a, and a beautiful at bat. And the center fielder makes a diving catch and robs her of a hit. 
she walks back to the dugout thinking, if I don't get a hit, I'm going to get benched. I'm not going to stay in the lineup. I'm going to drop out of the lineup because I didn't get a hit. And the message at that age is I don't think she's able to comprehend that, hey, I just had a great at bat. I just ripped the snot off that ball, and I should be proud of that. Instead, she's in this downward spiral already because even though she had a great swing and hit the ball hard and the defense made a great play, all she knows is I didn't get a hit, and if I don't get hits, I don't play. No, I know. And that just, just like you keep saying as well, the, the message that bounces around in our head is a large factor in, in how the rest of the at-bats or the rest of the day is going to go. And, you know, we talk, talk about I have to do something or I'm going to do something. If somebody says to me, Coach Don, you have to, as soon as they say have to, I tighten up a little bit. And tightening up a little bit is not the way to go up there and, and make something good happen at the plate. So if I get to go do something, then I, I'm loose. And I mean, I feel comfortable already again. So, you know, the environment that we create as coaches and parents is a huge factor. And just like you said, especially at the younger ages, um, before they're able to cope with, you know, some of those pressures more productively. I think that needs to be something we all need to be mindful of. And, you know, that's why this podcast is great to get to talk about stuff and remind people about stuff. And, you know, sometimes we're working with multiple age groups where some need something different than the younger ones and so forth. But yeah, I think that that's a, a huge part of their success. And it's always fun when the kids can realize their potential and to do that. A lot of times it is between the years. Right. So coaches, it's okay for you to use that tool. It's okay for you to use that as a way to decide who's going to play, but let's just be careful about what age groups and what level of player we're sharing that message with. To me, you know, using statistics and what somebody's batting average is or what somebody's on-base percentage is as the only measuring stick for who's going to play is a little off. It's a little different than what I would have done but that doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. You know, some, some really good coaches are very numbers driven and to them, they think that the numbers don't lie. So why, why trust my eyes when I can, you know, trust the computer or trust the, uh, the metrics. But so the reality of it is important that we send the message at the right age. And for these younger players, if they are continually reminded, Hey, you're hitting the ball hard, you're hitting it really well. You're doing a really good job of putting the ball in play those kinds of things are going to lead to them having ultimately a lot more success. And we just need to make sure that we're thinking about it that way as we, as we send that message. And so, you know, the pressure cooker, there's always pressure on these kids. Anyhow, let's not add any more fuel to the fire when they're young and uh, less experienced and probably not as capable of processing the message. And then that way we don't have to worry about breaking their hearts when uh, they, they hit a screaming line drive and it gets caught. So Don, Hey, that's going to wrap up episode number 228. We had a really good uh, discussion today. As always, please make sure that you support our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company, Elite Sporting Goods, Pinnacle Power Butter, and make sure you become a patron if you're in a position where you can. As we keep talking about, we're, we're at that rubber meets the road stage. We need a bunch more people to value what we're doing with everything fast pitch to coach prep to get on board and uh, support us if you can. It means a lot to Coach Don and I that we added new patrons but we definitely need more people to jump on the bandwagon. Um, if you can do that, that'd be great. Reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com with suggestions, ideas, topics, listener questions, and of course, player of the week nominations. And then also make sure you go to fastpitchprep.com website, order your square cuts training disc. You'll have access to the blogs 
and the YouTube channel. Tons and tons of information is available to you there. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.